What's up, boys and girls? It's Robert Olasic, and welcome to episode 77 of The Feel Sessions. I've got something a bit different today, a live interview and guest DJ mix with my friend and fellow house music soldier, Chris Stereo, a DJ, producer, and record label owner from the Isle of Man in the UK. Chris is the one-man wrecking crew behind the label Soundscapes Digital, who released my latest EP, Le Buone Vibrazione, which is out now on iTunes, Beatport, TrackSource, and Spotify. Check the show notes for the link. Now, although we didn't really get to know each other until a couple of years ago, I knew of his previous label, Source of Gravity, from the late 90s and early 2000s. I'd get his label's promos through the legendary Balance, an elite record pool which serviced only about 50 DJs around the world with advanced test pressings, white labels, and vinyl promos from the likes of Bedrock, Who's Tunes, Fluid, Network, and Jackpot. It was absolutely amazing how much quality and quantity we'd get, and it afforded me the opportunity to break new music to the masses. By the way, special thanks to my buddy Joe Cancino, what's up buddy, aka DJ Grover, who turned me on to balance in the first place. So. Chris was here in Las Vegas during one of his recent tour stops, and I had a chance to sit down and chat with him during this live interview and stick around for a special guest set. Enjoy. The Feel Sessions with Robert Olasic. Feel good, finally. What's up, Chris? It's good to have you live and in the flesh right here at Oratune Studios. I've got my special guest, the one and only Chris Stereo. Hello, uh, happy to be here, very happy to be here. It's um, really nice to, to meet you um, face, to face to face to be here. You know, you know, it's, uh, I like coming to America, so this is brilliant. Well, so this is your first stop on your American tour, right? So uh, where else are you going to be going this, this, on this uh, little trip? Yeah, so I'm doing a little trip around um, meeting d- different artists that I work with online and who are involved with uh, Soundscapes Digital, which is my uh, music project. So yeah, starting off here, meeting you, which has been great, and then uh, tonight I'm going to go to uh, Dallas um, and visit uh, Mario and Eric J, who are there. They they live in Plano, which is like 20 miles north of uh, of Dallas. I I know exactly where that is. Oh, that's good. (laughs) I used to have a music client out there. That's pretty random. Yeah, well, that's it. And um, so just, yeah, we've done some good stuff here. We've worked on a track. We went and recorded a mix last night. Um, We're doing this interview. We had some fun with the uh, Star Wars um, virtuality yesterday as well. So yeah. we, we took out a few stormtroopers. Um, so that was good. And we watched Absinthe last night, which is a really good show. And we took some some videos and everything. So that's really good. So yeah, but seeing uh, Mario and Eric J, um, I've been signing music off them and, and working with them for over 10 years. So it might be over 15. And I, because they're on the other side of the, of the world, I've never actually um, met them. So... This is going to be a great opportunity for me to finally meet them. Um, so that's cool. And then the, the final part of it. So we work at do some, hopefully we work on a track there as well. Um, and maybe on a mix. And then uh, the final uh, stop is over there in Charlotte with uh, Sean and Tim and Chad, the two Chads and oh, there's just uh, Blaine, uh, Ken, Joe. There's so many people. I was, 
right. that, that I know for, I've, I've been there regularly so again uh, we're going to you know, do a little bit of work in the studio we're going to watch the um, Carolina Panthers play the Buffalo Bills in pre-season on the Friday night so that should be pretty cool are you actually going to the game? yeah we're going to go to the game wow, yeah. nice so um, ironically the, the last time I saw the Panthers was against the Bills in pre-season I think that was 2014 so I think they play them quite you know the They've got a few teams they play every every preseason, so it, it's going to be good anyway. So a few of us are going to that, and then we just sort of chill out and um, we watch a bit more football. Uh, sort of socialize. We're going to have like a barbecue, so um, we'll play some tunes there as well. So get that recorded, and um, nice, yeah, just a, a lot of fun, and then get a, a flight. Uh, we'll have to get a couple of flights back on the on the Monday, yeah, and then we'll be back in the in the. UK on the Tuesday. So. Okay, so you've been you'll you'll be over here for just a week. Yeah, a week. Right? Yeah. So v- Vegas to Plano, which is Texas, yeah, right? And yeah. then and Charlotte and Charlotte, North Carolina. Sure. Yeah. Nice. So um, potentially could made it a longer trip, but of uh, family commitments to, to keep too. So um, yeah, you yeah, got you know, uh, you've got a, two kids and yeah. a, and a wife to take care of. That's <laughs> it. Yeah. I mean, I think I got permission to stay a bit longer, but I, I just didn't want to overstay. You know. What a, a good dad. Yeah, um, a good dad. and we're moving house when I get back anyway, so it's a good job I didn't do the two weeks. Although, yeah, uh, I probably wouldn't have gone down too well if they'd have to move house while I was away. But we'd have changed the date if that was the case anyway. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. No, you can't be away for that. <laughs> it's way too much. It's putting up way too much responsibility on the wifey. Yeah, well, I, I did a, um, a bit of work packing stuff away and sort of organising stuff before I left. So hopefully that, and I, I was there uh, to spend quite a lot of time with uh, Zach, particularly my son, uh, taking him out and things like that. So hopefully that's uh, that's worked and, you know, I've not been too much of a liability. That's awesome. <laughs> so just to backtrack a little bit, Chris was talking about some of the stuff that we've done pretty much only yesterday because you got in on Monday. Yeah. Um, today's Wednesday. Wednesday. So all day <laughs> yesterday. Um, one of the things that we did was we went to the Void in the Venetian shops, which I've heard of, but I never actually took the time to go. But he brought it up to me, as, and I'm like, okay, let's do it. It looks great. It's a virtual reality experience. It was a Star Wars-themed thing, and, man, that was so much fun. We got to shoot some stormtroopers. Um, we got we got dressed up as stormtroopers. Well, not fully, but in the VR world. Man, some really nice equipment there, and just totally immersive. It was really kind of like... You know, a little hint into the future of what VR is going to be. Yeah, definitely it was good. And I know there's um, various different types of uh, virtuality experience. And I know Ghostbusters is an offer as well. So if, uh, you know, if and when I come back here, I think we should definitely go for the, uh, try the Ghostbusters. For sure. Yeah, yeah. and uh, we can fight over who wants to be uh, Bankman and who wants to be Stance. So, uh, hey, I just want to have a proton pack. Oh, that's it. <laughs> that's it. So, um yeah, so it's really it was really good, a great experience, and and uh, so it was a, it was a packed day yesterday. We yeah. put a lot of uh, effort in, and we you know we've done we've done loads of stuff. We put a few th- put a few things up on YouTube, just us messing around and mm-hmm. in the studio, just working on stuff, and then a, a bit of a, a short clip. We went for this drive last night where um, I, I was recording a mix for Saturo Sounds. It's one of the um, radio stations that I, I do mixes for yeah so i i took uh, i took him out to red rock canyon it was you know the probably the closest thing that we could do like that and uh, it's just really scenic and picturesque there's a scenic drive so we took that just before sunset um got some you know pretty nice light at first 
but uh, and Chris started a DJ mix in the car, on his iPad, on tractor. You gotta love technology to be able to do that. You know, just okay. I'm gonna go for a scenic drive somewhere and do a DJ mix at the same time. Not that you, I was the chauffeur. So, but wow, yeah, it was just kind of an interesting little jaunt to to hear him do the mix while I'm driving. We would stop, you know, here and there and and take some photographs and uh, just you know take in a, f- a few sights here and there. Awesome. Yeah, it was. It was uh, really good. Um, you know the. And you even dropped one of my tracks, oh, man. That's it. Thank yeah, you so well, much. Uh, I, I felt I like, like I had to, you know. That, you I, know I just... heard the sound come in. I'm like, oh shit, here it comes. What <laughs> the fuck is this shit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I felt yeah, it's only the right thing to do. So um, yeah, right. I I played some uh, tracks by Alexander Church, who was a, a long time um, friend and uh, music sort of contact of mine. Who's, Where's he based out of? He's based in Yorkshire, in England. So um, Bradford. So um, yeah, he he released some very cool music on the Source of Gravity label that I I run like back in the sort of 2000s uh, early 2010 so he, he got some re- at one stage John Digweed I think he'd played his track um, uh, Welcome to My World like three times in, in a row on his Kiss FM show so oh, yeah yeah it, oh that's like early 2000s yeah so um so yeah, he's started to make some some music again. So I uh, played a couple of his tracks at the start of the mix, and uh, always does really good melodic, uh, progressive, and it just it suited it really well. So I I, I record a little clip on uh, a clip of me playing it, and just with the scenery, I just you know pan around the panorama of the scenery, and uh, yeah, and then stuck up on YouTube. So he's already emailed me back within like a few seconds of me sending it, sending him the link. So that's great. He was really appreciative. So. Nice. And that that's your thing. You love progressive house. You love like atmospheric, melodic, progressive house. Yeah, that's it. Um, you know, gone through periods of time where, you know, other things that I've been doing had to take more priority, but I've always come back to being involved with you know, making music, that kind of music, sure. playing that kind of music, releasing. We've that all kind had of music. those phases for yeah. sure. You know, I mean, I've gone in and out with it at times, but it's always, it's something that I always hearken back to, and it's you know near and dear to my heart too. So yeah, so um, yeah, that melodic sound, the synths, the the drums, and like distorted vocals and things like that. Just it's just the sound that seems to sort of resonate with me. I'd, I'm trying to put it down. It calls to, to you, yeah. Yeah, just, it does. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's suppose it depends kind of depend on your upbringing i mean I remember one of the first pieces of music i heard was uh, jean-michel jarre oxygen that was that was spectacular and i actually played it to my little boy when he was it wasn't even one and um he just sort of stopped he just stood there as if like the music sort of was, like connecting to him as well so it's um yeah it's uh and i, I was lucky to be brought up in like like countryside so maybe that sort of atmospheric sound like suited sort of sounded a little bit like nature and then i've got greek heritage and they seem to be really into the sort of melodic progressive there seems to be quite a lot of that kind of like it resonates with the greek side i didn't know that yeah um, i mean i mean wouldn't you say that's kind of more maybe just a a mediterranean thing because of their proximity to the water and the way that they're the way that the lifestyles even in italy too yeah like i don't know the emotional side of it where the greeks can be quite emotional Hmm. Um, and obviously Vangelis was, you know, an absolutely, you know, iconic 
Um, Definitely. Electronic music artist, you know, Char- you know, Chariots of Fire, all the stuff he's done. And, you know, the big concerts Blade that he Runner. did. You know, so Blade Runner, obviously, yeah. So there's something there, you know, it's just like latent, hidden, that it sort of drives you towards, you know, uh, that kind of sound. Yeah. Um, you know, an emotional kind of progressive sound. So maybe space, like space, always like space when I was little so yeah like me too i was always sound. drawn to yeah. like uh, you know i had books about that outer space and the, the moon and the solar system and just cosmology in general yeah, that, that still stays with me so yeah yeah progressive house definitely lends itself to that kind of mindset i think um it's a curiosity about what's out there mm. it kind of has you know in my opinion it kind of has a lot of spiritual type of yeah vibes definitely um, yeah, and tendencies one, yeah. um and it has a kind of a pensive curious nature to this to the, well, at least that's what how it kind of makes me yeah feel definitely sometimes. i mean that's it and it's obviously progressive in the way it's pro- you know, progressive progressive thinking uh, uh, progressive you know music yeah thought provoking yeah, it's thought, you know it's just looking like, forward why is that happening and like can lead to you know progressive lines of thought in general about the way the world is and why is this happening and why is that happening and all that kind of stuff so i think it's um you know it's an interesting like area and uh, you know of of our existence so yeah yeah for sure all right so um soundscapes digital uh for those of you guys that don't know um uh, my my most recent ep was released on chris's label soundscapes digital it's called le buone vibrazioni ep um whatever don't ask me why so, um, but it's out now on Beatport and Track Source. It's on Spotify, iTunes, um, and uh, thanks for thanks for releasing my tracks, man. Well, no, it's it's no nice problem. to kind of have a new mu- home. It's good music. Yeah, well, you know, over the years of, I mean, I, I run Source of Gravity Records and Gravitation Records since sort of the early 2000s, and then it took, got to sort of 2011, 2012, and I, we just sort of, you know, took a step back and then looked what, what I'm going to do next so then I started Soundscapes Digital yeah. through Proton on, in 2013 so but all the time through all these projects that I've run that I've always liked to develop artists and, and get artists in and let them you know have a chance to do remixes to release EPs and to give them a bit of a, a like a hopefully like a, a long term kind of development and an opportunity to, to sort of develop their sound so like Alexander Church I mentioned before there's like Steve McGrath you know like loads of different artists who have been on a label and I give them a chance and with digital it allows you to do that a little bit more because it's not um, you're not worried about oh if we've pressed a thousand copies of a, of a record because you, right. you have a lot more latitude yeah we used to have that situation with Source Gravity and, gra- and Gravitation you know you've got a bit more sort of um, license to develop and give people a chance to sort of find their f- beat a bit and then well it's like what a and r used to be yeah right so artist and what is it artist and repertoire yeah, right so, yeah, so yeah. that's what a and r stands for and in the originally it was a way for the people that were in the a and r departments to select artists and uh, bring them into the stable of a label environment give them the resources that they need to create and be artists um the support you mm-hmm. know uh, both financially and emotionally and give them this time and space to either develop, grow, or even develop into something else. So 
it's nice that you kind of set up this nurturing kind of environment for the artists that yeah. you believe in. That's the main thing. It's the ones that you believe in. That's it. You know, and you don't really see that a whole lot nowadays with the major music industry. No, that's you know, it. the A and R thing has yeah. kind of gone by the wayside. We were just watching that uh, Rick yeah. Beato um, a YouTube episode mm. about you know A and R, and you know he was talking about like uh, copyright infringement first. You know, uh, a Lady Gaga track. So when did you first start Source of Gravity? Yeah, that was yeah, that was like '99, which is um, yeah. So previous to that, I was I got into DJ and I would have got decks for like all my birthdays and as a teenager and started you know doing parties for friends or at school or put my own little parties on. And then um, when I went to university, um, I met uh, a guy called Mark Waywell who was doing a media studies and business um, course. I was doing the sports studies and business course at Manchester University. So um, I got more sort of interested in production and stuff like that through Mark. And then we produced quite a lot of tracks and some of the, you know, it was early doors stuff. So through Mark? Mark, uh, Mark Waywell, yeah. Uh, where's he from? Uh, from Manchester. So, um, and then we got to the stage where some of our productions were, were getting you know, to a good standard. Um, you know, Mark's always been a, like a talented producer. Um, so we, we managed to get some stuff that we felt like was getting close to what, what the, the standard we, we wanted. So I basically pressed up some white labels um, and then uh, we, we rung up shops and we went to some shops and got them to take copies. We knew a few people at 23rd Precinct Records in Glasgow, like Steve McCreary. And Chris Keegan, so they 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 took some copies on. We sent it to Balance, and we we got some some like you know good support from some of the Balance DJs. Um, I know you were on Balance. So. Yeah, Balance was what like the progressive record pool in, yeah, in the United States at least. Yeah, that's it. Um, and I first joined I think in '95. Yeah. Um, my buddy Grover turned me on to it. Yeah. So you know, and he's a legendary DJ from out here too. Sure. Um, yeah. So how did you first find out about Balance? Like, what was it? What, how did you discover them? Because they're in Florida. Um, yeah, well, through Steve McCreary, who was up in um, 23rd Precinct Records there. So we'd al already been buying vinyl, and we bought some vinyl off 23rd Precinct. We you know, they sent it over the, through the post. And then we went up to see um, to see some of the guys from, from uh, 23rd Precinct. So it was Chris Keegan. And my brother actually went still in contact with him now we went to the he's chris was originally from the isle of sky so my brother went to the isle of sky recently on holiday i want to go up there so yeah. bad i, I wish because i was just in scotland, yeah, scotland right yeah um for work but we only had one day off a week at the most yeah and it's at least a two-day thing from edinburgh yeah yeah and um all the research i had done i've got you know some photographer friends that are like you need to go to the isle of sky I just didn't have a chance to go, but uh, that's definitely on, yeah, the, on the hit list. Amazing scenery there. So anyway, so we we, we end up going up there to, um, to to Glasgow just and stayed with with them uh, with Chris, and then we you know we went to the record shop and we bought we bought more records. I think we we spent like ninety three pounds, and then it was like oh stuff it right, we'll buy a couple more so we can get the hundred hundred quid. So we went and listened to so we bought the records, records, and we went to listen to Steve McCreary play at the tunnel, um, and then. So when we, we started getting close with our productions, we, we were sending them to Steve to check out, and then he mentioned Balance. So um, 
when we pressed up some white labels, we sent some up to, to 23rd Precinct to sell, and then we sent some to Balance. So we also got one of them. So the, the basic, it was like a double white label um, with full, a track called Full Moon. So under the, the artist's name was Source of Gravity, Full Moon, and then Winter's Discontent. So we we sent some off to some other shops, and then one a, a label wanted to release it, which was associated with TuneIn Records. Um, that sounds familiar. Yeah, but in the end, it it didn't get it didn't get released apart from the white labels we did. So, but the sort of good feedback we got from and almost. Con- a label called Concept was interested in it as well, which was from Bradford, um, which is the same place as Alexander Church is from. So they were in, they were sort of interested, but nothing happened. But we got some support and enough encouragement from that to think, right, okay, we're, we're getting somewhere now. So then we produced another track called Futuristic Visions, and we got some another like I was like thinking, right, well we'll press up some more white labels. So we did some more. We did white labels of that. We did the same kind of method sent it up to a few shops, went to Balance, and then uh, Hernan Catanio supported it. He charted it in, I think it was Music Magazine. Um, and then we sent it off the white label to Unique Distribution, who are just outside Manchester. And then they they offered us a deal to then distribute our own label, Source of Gravity Records. Oh, I see. Nice. So, you know, we, we put... The initial time in, you know, I, I pressed up the white labels um, a couple of times, and then eventually we got a, a deal, and then that sort of then developed things onto another onto another level where we had a, a, a deal for to distribute the stuff globally without, you know, us having to do with, you know as much as the, the sort of legwork with send it to shops and yeah, and we yeah. got you know some good support. No, you have to have a distribution yeah, a distributor so, back then, you know, for the physical product. So that was sort of the the major breakthrough really just to then take us on to another level and then uh, sort of to the futurist divisions the first full release was december 2000 mm-hmm. so we got some really good support on that it got to number 11 in the balance chart i think nice well, that's a good bit of memory yeah you, you were telling me that uh you you were going through some of your old records yeah, yeah. not not vinyl records but yeah. your old you know yeah, paperwork um, yeah paperwork yeah and that you came across a feedback sheet yeah. from me yeah, yeah. that probably back then I had faxed it over to Balance. Yeah. Oh yeah, and they had then distributed. Oh, yeah, that's to the it. Labels. Yeah, they give us. They used to send us like yeah, it was just sort of like a yeah. a folder with all the reaction sheets in. So yeah, so that was good, and we're getting more support. I think Guy Nadell was like playing it, and Hanan Katani was playing it, and then yeah, it just started to get more traction, and we got some more publicity locally because in the Isle of Man where I live and. It just started, and then the next in 2001, we, we we had lots of stuff out, and started to get more stuff like digweed and and like you know some really decent support and uh, yeah. yeah Dave Seaman and nice people like that and and then in the September 2001, I got booked to go and play out in Charlotte uh, there through Sean and, and Ken, so that was um, that was my first trip to. The, to the US and and at that stage I was doing parties in the Isle of Man and then playing a little bit in the UK and stuff like that so yeah so it was all a bit mad and we were only like at that stage we were only in early early 20s you know we are like not very old really to have that deal in place so uh, 
Yeah, that's a, you know, (laughs) I mean, you had early beginnings and you've been at this ever since pretty much. Yeah, that's it. So, um, so you just hit your 50th release on Soundscapes Digital. Um, real quick, you ended Source of Gravity at what point? Yeah. Um, the label, Source of Gravity, the, the vinyl label ran up to 2005 and then we went, went digital. With so, Source of Gravity. Yeah, so it right. went from... And in 2004, December, we put out a Lynx EP, Lynx with Steve McGraw, another lad from the Isle of Man who's done really well. Um, yeah, we put out a digital EP. So what, at some stage, that stage, it was like overlapped a little bit. But the, you could see things change in the industry. So 2005, we sort of made a bit of a switch towards the, the digital realm. Um, so, and but then, so then it transitioned from Source of Gravity Records into Source of Gravity Digital. So that then went went to 2011, and then had a bit of a review of things, and then there was like 2012. I, I SoundCloud had just come along, so I I basically did a like a free called it SOG Digital UR, so Source of Gravity Digital Unreleased, and we just put a load of stuff up on there. It's like a mini kind of label just free downloads and they're still up there now for people if anybody wanted to and there's some good stuff on there by like remixes by Steve McCreary stuff with Matt Black Sean McClellan Hadi Burpee Jairus Miller all those kind of guys so and then 2013 um, I decided to start Soundscapes Digital Steve McGraw had already had his Lynx label through Proton so I went through Proton and on a personal level the, I got married in 2008 and then I had my daughter Sophie was born in 2009 and then 2011 my son was born so at this point you know we'd had the credit crunch and all this kind of thing so I was sort of having to review like things I was doing generally but doing the soundscapes digital in 2013 seemed to fit quite well and the other thing with the source of gravity had been me and Mark initially and then my brother got involved with it as well so we all had different roles within within Source of Gravity. And then things started to change. Mark started to get stuff on other labels and it sort of he had a different kind of expectation of what he wanted to do in terms of the sound of what we were putting out. So sort of around it, sort of mid 2000s he started to, to going off in another direction doing his own thing. And then I sort of refreshed Source of Gravity. And my brother as well, he he'd sort of decided he wasn't gonna be able to spend as much time on it, so it's just sort of left with me. And then I sort of started to develop a new cohort of artists, like Alexander Church, there was a guy called Orchid. Then Narcos, there was, yeah, Steve Moore, Section 75. Uh, loads, of, loads of different guys, you know, so Sean McClellan, um, Tim Mills, and, and I was still traveling over to America quite often uh, as well, through the 2000s. Um, so it, it sort of changed uh, around and then, yeah, so, we did do a sort of celebration of 15 years of Source of Gravity in 2015. Just released an album of some of the tracks that have been out on the, la- the labels, like remixes and stuff. But um, it was quite hard because Mark had been heavily involved with it early on, and so you know he it was always hard because he felt like maybe it was hard for him to like sometimes he wanted to be involved and sometimes it was you know it was hard it was a hard thing so doing soundscapes digital was like a new start really um, and, and, and a new direction and, and, and 
something different. And Sometimes maybe... you just gotta wipe the slate clean. Yeah, and, well that's you know. it. Yeah. So although I, I brought some of the artists from Source of Gravity with me to help, you know, to sort of bed in soundscapes, and they're still involved now, like Sean and and Steve. I just we just writing some new music for the first time for a while. I mean, cool. Steve, Steve McGrath. So, but you know, so it's um. It's always that sound though, like the, I think Soundscapes has been more like going towards ambient and breaks and stuff because you can do that with um, with the digital realm. And we did quite an interesting project with Tim Mills called Locations where he came and visited me in the Isle of Man and we, we basically set up in a similar way. We said we went for that drive the other day, we set up like different like coastal locations on the Isle of Man and, and, wrote, and did a mix. And so that was quite interesting. So, um, but it's always that, Sort of melodic sound and the synth-led sound, and then I'm I'm sort of doing like Vox vocal stuff as well now. So it's just like another evolution for me to kind of do that. Yeah, it's just another form of expression. I think yeah. it's great. I like what you know. One of the things I've always been drawn to about you know the, the productions that you've been involved with is that uh, you always try to give some kind of a philosophical bent or message, which I love. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, and I really identify with that. Because it, it, well, first of all, vocals in dance music, especially underground stuff, I think it helps. Um, it gives it a, an identity, and plus, you know, the human voice is probably one of the most flexible instruments um, there is. So um, it, it, it's just really cool. I enjoy the fact that you you try to give something with meaning. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, I mean, you know, I not that I don't like, you know bullshit lyrics about fun and whatever and <laughs> yeah. partying and like yeah deep, what are they talking you know? about <laughs> yeah <laughs> what are they going on about well, that? yeah or just you know something uh, random and that's yeah. cool too but when something is kind of thought-provoking i really like that yeah definitely i mean yeah it's getting it's that sort of progressive mindset something and, with a message yeah you well, know i think the the progressive stuff is always this thing or oh, oh it's all deep and meaningful kind of music and it's like gets you thinking or or sort of either imagining things or imagining scenery or uh -huh. things like that but you know say the inspiration for the the vox and some of the vocals and the lyrics that i write c come from my experience as a, as a person and and sort of it's just like another it's art, an art form you express yourself and you know I've, I've gone through different sort of themes like the troubled world space was another one <laughs> Uh, you know, it, it's some of the stuff to do with addiction and and things like that. And then and sometimes, like I, if I write lyrics and I know I'm collaborating with something, I think about them, like my relationship with them, what they they're experiencing in their life at the time, and and that sort of helps guide me in the right direction to something that's going to be mutual, mutually sort of beneficial, and, and mean that we're going to get something finished and done. And um, you know, it's it's just tapping into that really and, and getting those con connections. So. For sure. So I meant to go back, and you, you had told me that back in the vinyl days, that I actually called you on the phone. I, th I think it, you were um, faxing through um, a reaction sheet, and <laughs> something happened that meant that maybe it went through or it didn't. I don't know. That, and I ended up picking the phone up, and, and, and I think very like quick, just a quick conversation really, because we used to get uh, the fax. In those days, of fax <laughs> faxes, yeah. you know. They would get the, some of the reactions would get faxed, faxed to me. So you send out your promos, um, and then you with the reaction sheet, and then you get faxed. And it was always exciting because sometimes because with balance, I think so, you know sometimes you get some direct, but sometimes they would probably just send them to balance the fax to balance. Right. And then and then we would get them afterwards, but you would get like the other DJs that you sent direct yourself because we had a main list. 
you get those through. So it was always exciting when it's like, get a reaction seat through, who was it? And when, oh, especially when it was like a big name DJ had actually taken the time to react, you know, to, to, to one of your like records. That was always exciting. And you used to get them through. Oh, there's a fax coming through. So that, that means you were excited getting my reaction? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean- Who's this guy? Yeah, He's exactly, from Las Vegas, what the I, hell? Exactly, I mean, obviously we're more connected these days through you know the internet and social media and obviously internet was in, was in progress but it was different and you know at that stage i was probably like 23 24 around that kind of age you're just and a like young to get, buck yeah just to, doing to the dance somebody, music yeah, thing faxing through their reaction sheet from las vegas or similar kind of any location you know far you know on the other side of the world is a really exciting thing and because we'd always been into the music it was like a buzz you know to get that reaction and the, you know it's, it's just to see a situation where you've gone from consuming the music and just listening to it to then playing music to then making music releasing music and it was just another exciting thing and I've like like family background I've got family in Greece and Denmark and then seeing then I live in the Isle of Man that global thing for me has always been quite exciting you know that different different cultures and to have somebody from the other side of the world especially vegas yeah. has got the reputation <laughs> of the sort of entertainment capital and it's all you know it's an exciting place that somebody is basically sending a reaction of your release of your music over and saying this is cool it's like that just give you a real buzz that's you know that's what's always been the cool thing about house music in general is that it's a global thing you know it's something that brings people together because it brings people together through music where it's it doesn't have any kind of geographical boundaries no. it doesn't have any cultural boundaries um it's about the music itself and the enjoyment of either the sound yeah. or the message the interpretation of those sounds and messages yeah. and what the feeling gives you and being able to connect with other people whether or not you speak the same language it's a, it's it's such a positive thing and that's one of the things that i love about what house music can do for people yeah. you know and for cultures definitely yeah it, i mean you could break it down into why why is that why does that give me a but but it just doesn't it's a gift that that we're able to do that and um yeah it's, it's something i still get excited for now if i get e email reactions through and you know from whatever country or you, you go on a google search or mm -hmm. you go on soundcloud and you go oh it's just, i was finding out the other day i did a bit of a, a bit of a search round and a track called Zen that I um, produced and uh, I did the vocals for with a, a producer called Gyro um, and it's quite a deep track and the original's like a like a 10, a 10 minute 11 minute like track with me doing like the vocal like Vox about like addiction in the world and things like that and then it's got Blade Runner sounds in it it's really epic it's one of those where you feel like it may be lost a little bit on the way the world is where everybody wants everything so quickly but if they just said right spend 10 hour 10 10 minutes of your time listen to this it could be quite like sort of it could change the way you think a little bit but anyway digress a little well bit. no yeah. you, you can't necessarily think in terms of mm. like you know how many people are going to receive mm. the message you just have to put it out there yeah you, you just know have and that. and don't don't worry about the rest sure know? so anyway the, yeah it, there's a remix of it by an Australian producer called Mata who's been getting lots of support and is doing re really well. But anyway, I, I had a quick Google search around and loads of people have been playing this this remix, including Hernan Tanio. But I found out a, a set where 
at Burning Man. Somebody had opened his set at Burning Man with this remix. Okay. And that that's, that was something where that was like, oh, that was like reminding me of, like we were saying before, where you get a reaction with some one of those kind of iconic kind of festivals and somebody's DJ there and they've opened up with one of your records. It's like, yeah, that goes, that goes down and like, that's a, you tick that off the list. That's pretty cool. You Hell know, yeah. Like, so, yeah. It's, no, it's fascinating, you know, what the, the global reach, especially with mm. the internet nowadays and how everything, the world has become much smaller in a sense, you know, through technology. Mm. But like sometimes I'll look at my stats on my podcast mm. and, you know, oh man, there's people tuning in from here. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. there's people, you know, there's there's a bunch of listeners and, and subscribers in, you know, Greece or Europe yeah, or yeah. even in like the Middle East or Australia, it's all over. Oh yeah, and it's yeah. the glue that is that holds all that together, or that brings that together, is the music itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so that's the beauty. Def- most definitely, I totally agree with that. Yeah, yeah. You were talking about that song when you were talking about addiction and everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, because uh, Jarius, he's the one that passed recently. Yeah. From suicide. Was he dealing with suicide, with uh, with addiction? Do you I, think? I, I I don't actually know. Um, I mean, Jairus lived in um, in Maine, uh, Islesborough, Maine. It's like an island just off off the main coast. But I, I I don't know. But I just know these days that there's lots of things going on which are sort of elevating people's anxiety and mental health and and things like that and. It's, it's pressure and stress. Yeah, I mean, the internet's been great in so many ways, but, you know, the original form of the internet wasn't too, didn't really go too over the top, but now with social media and all this kind of stuff, it's really putting our brains in, in different kind of places and in terms of comparing ourselves, you know, looking at what people, other people are doing, um, developing certain expectations about what we should be doing as a you know I, I should be doing as a person um it's always accessible on on mobile devices and and we've never had this technology throughout the course of human history so well it's, it's yeah. a new thing we don't know how to deal with it no. there's not a whole lot of uh systems in place no, to no. really and plus it changes so fast so once there's an adapt an adaptation made to kind of keep it in check or to teach people how to deal with it, it changes. Yeah, right? well, that's so. it. I mean, it's to- it's evolving all the time. I mean, ideally, I suppose that you go, well, we need to learn how to use this technology better. And but have we got the resources and the facilities to do- to do that? Will the human brain ever truly ad- adapt to it when you're getting such you can get such negativity, um, you know, from things that you post or it- it's a dangerous like area to go in hopefully we could and and use it in a balanced way but i think it's exposing a lot of things in humanity and the way that we think or that is you know we need to change and it's it's difficult um you know we're struggling to adapt to it and it's um it's it's, it's a tough one i just say we never had this amount of technology thrown at us ever in human evolution it's a and, shit show out there. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just it's it's maddening. It's it's, it's you know a, it's really messing with people's dopamine levels in their brain. It's in, can ha- enhance the, the you know your cortisol levels and mm-hmm. you're comparing yourself to other people. Why why am I? And especially in a, something like music industry where you you know you just, people are, are really into it. And we a lot of it we're suddenly realizing now why, why am I so into music? And then you look back and maybe other parts of your life or things have happened to you when you were younger. And you feel like you're looking for that high, or you maybe looking for the 
the notoriety or the, the music sounds so much better because you've had some sort of stress and it, it can be good but then when you have to realize that your life you know you get to a certain age or there's life commitments come into it and that something like the digital scene of music can't sustain you in terms of oh income so that you can continue with it then you have to make some life adjustments and it is like coming off a drug and and you therefore have to adapt and that is a, a tough process to try and go through especially if you feel like you're on your own and nobody else is and it's unprecedented kind of thing that's never happened before you know so i mean a lot of the things that i find work is getting back to natural things like playing outdoors and you know speaking face to face with people you know getting knowing your neighbors or trying to have as good family relations as possible which is very difficult because there's so many families are, 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 you know dysfunctional and there's divorces sure. and people have got so much pressure at work to achieve certain things and before you know you know you've not really seen the person living next door to you very much or you know, all these kind of things and it's uh those are the things that have driven human happiness for a long time being close to nature you know getting on with people talking to people face to face but we're sort of having a situation where there's a lot of sort of situations we don't get those positive interactions let me ask you this in terms of the long-term view of the future of humanity right you know there's a lot of you know ai is the big big hot topic yeah for it's been it's been that way for a few years now especially and it's just getting hotter mm. what do you think is going to happen to the human race once ai supposedly frees us up from the menial tasks of work and labor do you think that we'll ever get to a point where money isn't really an object and that we can just be the creative spirits that we were intended to be or that i think that we were intended to be like do you ever see that happening um you know and if so how long do you think it's going to take and what are the pitfalls involved in getting there i know that's a deep question no, it's but it's some, deep, I mean, it's some of the things that i think about too it's like yeah you know I, I there was a post from a friend of mine she was talking about people being able to do what they love and you know i responded and said yeah the world would be a much better place if people were freed to be able to do what they love to do and basically we're creative beings i think so if you can eliminate the hustle and the stress yeah. and the pressure of having to make money yeah um you know what would the world be like yeah you know and yeah. i, I kind of think of it in terms of like star trek you know like in the future there you know there is no money there's no monetary system anymore yeah um so what do you, what yeah, do you think I, I think that we've created a situation where the, the expectations of each other are become very especially in the western world where you know if you're not up a certain level of income or certain job status or that kind of thing that, that you are not worth that much or you're worth more in in in, in one area or and sure. not the area i mean value has yeah. been misplaced yeah in the industrial revolution and beyond yeah. it will even be before that the the value system of of humanity is it's not yeah uh, it's, it's got a bit a bit skewed and, definitely and, you know is the expectations you've have to do all this but if we'd slowed expectations and it'd be acceptable for people to basically earn enough money to to basically get by and and have you know the basic things in life and not have to have this pressure on you well if you're not going you know for uh, four big holidays a year have 
like two like really posh cars, a big house, and all the rest of it. That if we just sustain ourselves, you know, uh, just having the the, you know, the the basics and have good relationships and have less stress, yeah. that will be better for everybody. But we've created a situation where it's everybody's competing against each other, especially in the West and especially in likes of America and like Britain or England and places like that. None of the bigger countries. It's like they're used to oh, we have to be top dog in and everything and then it's creating all this pressure where it's the rat race yeah i mean and it, it's just making everybody ill it's making everybody like you know real you know be under a lot of pressure and then when they're under pressure unless you're really mentally adjusted you self-medicate on things like alcohol and and, and foods and all these other things that you can do and and maybe risky hobbies or anything just to sort of balance that out but we're just putting a lot of stress on each other. If you just like gave respect to each other and loved each other more, we wouldn't have to go for all this, I have to prove prove yourself kind of mentality, which in the end, it might work for, for a very small like percentage, but most of it, we're going to end up ill with it and not very well. And it's not going to be a pleasurable experience. I mean, that's the thing though. There's so, everybody's kind of competing for the same thing yeah you know um and it really comes down to money and yeah. the system that we have in place as far as you know how money is identified with success and you know the whole system it, it, it's centered around having to press on and do yeah. better and make more and buy more instead of just being able to kind of be yeah. and, yeah, and be, mean, be happy because yeah. a lot of those things get in the way of people treating each other with that kind of yeah. either respect or making that connection yeah i mean because we're distracted by all of these things that yeah. we have to chase yeah it's looking at what is our true purpose here and what's like, it all about yeah yeah <laughs> right um <laughs> what's that money python or yeah, why? yeah 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 uh, from the meaning of life yeah, yeah that's it i mean really it's to be content and to experience life and and to enjoy life but if if you're chasing something constantly or you feel that you're only be judged about how much money you've got how big your house is and all those other things like that, you'll, you never, because there's always somebody going to be bigger than you. I mean, of course, I think yeah. we discussed, because obviously I've majorly been into sports and and uh, coaching and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day with sport, you, you only get one winner at the end of the season and everybody's chasing that. So does that mean that everybody else is going to be disappointed? It, it's just, it's sort of, you can see the parallels with society where, mm -hmm. you know. It's a double-edged sword yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean. Because, you know, competition is good in a sense, but yeah. at what point is that breaking line um, and when does it become self-destructive? Yeah, and also we've got to look to, in the pursuit of all these things that we're going to do to prove that we are better than other people, um, which is nonsense. How, what are we doing to the planet in it? You know, what are we doing to the planet in our pursuit of trying to prove that I am, my, you know, as an individual, better than somebody else? It's nonsense. You know, we, we we are causing some major pro problems to the to the ecosystem of Earth due to this pursuit, and the, it's our grandkids who are going to, you know, the future generations. And we've got to think, look at ourselves, and go right. And we've got a, more of a, you know, obviously you're like late forties, I'm, I'm I'm early forties, but we we've, we've got a more of a chance now to try and take ownership of 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 our our sort of immediate environment to say this is what I stand for, not this oh. Make you no. Know, let's make as much money as possible at all costs, uh, even if we're going to be have dysfunctional relationships with other people. You know, we're going to pollute the planet. All this kind of thing. We've got to, what is what is going to be our leg? I mean, I don't mean to 
kind of blame it. But obviously the boomers have had their sort of, and we can see the legacy of it now. And they're, and they're not going down without a fight because you've got Trump and Boris, you know, Boris Johnson's now Prime Minister of, of England. Yeah. Of, you know, it's a different mindset because yeah, their background it, is different. Yeah, I mean, so they're still having their their stamp on it. What 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 do you get up for in the morning? Do you get up in the morning to give to other people? You know, to try and um, help help your neighbour or help other people, or do you get you get up in the morning to make as much money as possible for yourself to make you look like that I'm the the alpha male or the alpha? I mean, those kind of like, the latter philosophies are like caveman like so hopefully we were evolving but but every time we like somebody like Barack Obama tried to maybe evolve and maybe there wasn't as much discrimination but he's come up against a brick wall in in, in politics and now we have the side effect is that some people have you know Trump's in so it's like we're not quite ready for it clearly you know as a general population but it only you know it only takes so many people or you know the population who vote not everybody votes and then if you know someone like Trump can utilize or get a certain group of society to vote for him then they're going to be they're going to be in like Brexit it's the same that the over 60s have voted the under 25s out and we're going to have to leave the European Union and we're going to you're basically isolating ourselves it's a step backwards just because in my opinion you know Britain is like oh we're not getting our own way and then certain people are oh, no, well we're not we're not going to get our own way, so we're we're going to leave. It's, it's like on the general human philosophy or idea, it's the wrong wrong. You're going the wrong way. <laughs> so you live in the Isle of Man mm. or on the Isle of Man, mm. and which is a territory of Great Britain or yeah, the United it's Kingdom. Like the correct. We call it Crown Dependency. Yeah. Oh, all right. So we have our own. You have all those fancy words. Yeah, I know. Sure. It's all it's a, a bit complicated. But, um, yeah, it sounds so proper. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, so yeah, it's yeah. a it's a crown dependency. So, from your perspective, you're basically embroiled in U- UK culture, right? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. You're part of the UK. Yeah, I mean, so and, and within the UK, you're both politically and yeah. economically and everything else. Yeah, I mean, obviously within the UK, you've got different country. You know, countries. You've got England. You've got Scotland. You've yeah, got yeah. Southern Ireland, Northern Ireland, Wales. So the old thing of you don't call it like a, Scot- a Scotsman and English, you know, it's the, there's different cultures within. Well, there's a lot of history country, there, yeah, the delineations there too. Different countries within the UK, so it's all. And then the Isle of Man is a like, like a small island. It's a crown dependency. We have our own government, but then we take the lead from the UK with like a lot of things. But it's not quite the same as England, um, in so many different ways. It's a it's a slightly different culture, that you know. There's a lot of nuance to it, you, you know. It's, well, um, uh, the reason why I brought it up though is like from your perspective and what you've seen because you're living it, you're there. Mm-hmm. How did Brexit first come about? What was the, you know, how did that incubate? What was the process like? And where is it going now? Yeah, and, I mean the basic. I just want to get your take on it from yeah. a person that actually lives I, there. I mean, firstly, living in the Isle of Man, you've just sort of like cocooned away from quite a few things. So that you see what's going on in in, in, the, in the main, we call it the mainland, uh, and you sort of just almost like carry on in your own little bubble a little bit, in a way. Um, the other man, you know, generates a lot of revenue from like being an offshore tax centre um, and things like that. So, uh-huh. so it's slightly different. 
and the, the thing the thing with with brexit basically a lot of people within britain felt that we were that britain wasn't getting good deals through the european union with certain things was uh, that like more of a trade thing or yeah just yeah yeah trade and you know obviously within the european union you have to you sign up for certain agreements and and britain going back to times where it was a, a colonial power it was probably used to well we will kind of we make our own deals you know we're going to make a deal that's going to suit us and obviously britain went around the world taking you know going to different places taking like natural resources from there so the concept of having to probably compromise probably didn't sit well with a certain part of British or English culture. So do you feel that because of the history of British culture um, and the fact that, you know, they've been a major world power since, you know, the Middle Ages and beyond, do you think that there's kind of a sense of entitlement there? Do you think that might have something to do with it? Because they feel like they should be top dog instead of being part of the European Union, the EU pact. Yeah, I I think... I think that there's a lot to be, a lot of, well, there's truth in that, definitely. But it's like a national identity can seep into individuals and it becomes a culture. And, and if you sat down with somebody face to face, they probably, actually everybody would be open to a discussion on this. And But then the, the thing of ident- national identity, that some people cling on to that and therefore can adopt certain philosophies off the back of that so there's certain age groups in in in, and it's mainly england like scotland a lot of people in scotland still want to be part of the european union ireland southern ireland is its own entity so that doesn't matter and then there's northern ireland and and wales and some parts of wales they felt that they weren't getting good deals from the eu or this unfortunate thing about because britain's a big island you can get a little bit isolated and this thing of oh these people coming from such and such a place to live with us and oh we're local people and all that thing you see with in, in America and at the end of the day from my perspective when the world was created we weren't it wasn't like right God created the world oh that country's that place is called England that's called that we were just a load of people on the earth and it was a, an area of land that had certain resources and they lived there and obviously as humanity evolved we ended up having like all that boundaries and we, we named places which is fine but then we have all these boundaries that like and we're saying that oh this is the, this and the, so that this concept that we, we don't really want <clears> it's a concept of ownership and division yeah. and boundaries and also a struggle for resources yeah. as well I mean too. It's, it's become a, a like it was a, at that stage it was a fight for resources because not everybody but I think we've evolved things slightly where that, that things are set up where governments can support people who are struggling a little bit that we can all have a little bit of everything but in some parts of Britain, they're probably that's not that, how everybody yeah. operates, yeah. though. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's the, but that's when it comes down to egos and this individualistic yeah, culture it's, which it's, you've got. Yeah, I it's mean, the, the quest for power, yeah. the hunger for power. I mean, you get some of the medium-sized countries, like and Scandinavia is a good example, which is not nowhere's utopia, but where they tax high, and that means that then social care is divided then more equally, and that everybody feels like they've got each other's back it's less about I'm going to be the top dog we're all going to work together as a team and and we're going to move forward together opposed to oh it's them and us so 
I mean, certain, so certain, certain part of, parts of Britain, the pockets of Britain wanted to feel like they were getting a better deal. And it's more that over 50s kind of, and within certain pockets or areas, maybe they felt like they were, weren't getting their fair share. But so David Cameron was the Prime Minister, said, okay, then let's have a referendum on this. Um, and, we'll, and the country decided. I think he was. He thought that oh well, it'll be fine because all the people where he was down down the south of England probably happy. They felt that no, it'll be you know we'll vote vote. Britain will vote to stay in, and and there'll be no problems. But unfortunately, it didn't go like that. It was ended up being 52 to leave percent to leave and 48 to remain, which is mad. Thinking that's a small percentage, like you know, loss in the favour of so tight, yeah. tight. So I'm not sure whether. <laughs> That should have been allowed to have, have been, you know, to go, to go through on that basis. But that, that's what's been happening here too. Yeah. I mean, things are so polarized, and things are so close in these big decisions mm. that it's, you know, it's almost like you're flipping a coin. But it's it's a huge decision. Yeah, I mean, and so they end up having to, uh, tr- yeah, have to trigger. I think it's articles at fifty-two. I mean, it's been going on for so long, and unfortunately, the politicians nobody can agree on the t- that they want to renegotiate the terms of of how the European uh, how they're going to leave the European Union, and it's just not been a great time for politics because they they can't get, decide between them. And then now they've got a new prime minister, Theresa May, who she probably dreamed about becoming the prime minister of England, and then when when um, they they voted to leave, David Cameron resigned on that basis and just left disappeared which again I, I didn't think that was particularly you know you've made this decision you thought well my politically I've got uh, I'm I'm compromised because I've I've wanted to remain and now we're going to leave but he actually stayed there to try and negotiate and to to take help us go through the path of, of, of leaving but it's almost a case well I'm compromised in a slight way I'm going to leave but I felt like he should have been there a bit more for the process and I was like okay right we've made a decision I made this decision to go with this referendum I'm going to be here as, as we negotiate anyway Theresa May came in and it, and she seemed quite honourable kind of person but again the the way politics it is, has been established in Britain I know it's like, like that in America that they ended up having she resigned and now we've got Boris Johnson Johnson is almost like the Trump like a mini Trump <laughs> you know who's going to try and who basically put on a, the side of a, a, a promotional bus to do with because he uh, was leaving the the EU, saying that oh we send so many million to the EU every every year, um, oh we can fund the NHS, and the figures were just he basically by all accounts the figures weren't the right figures, and you know it was just propaganda. So now that he's the guy who's he's basically having to take over the the reins to get make us leave and and they want to renegotiate the package and it's just like no why should the European Union you wanted to leave but they want it's always on our terms and I just don't think they get it that it's this big it's like an ego thing it's like no if you you can't leave don't want to leave grace it's always on our terms and it's just like well we've got to work together and everything so do you think the new Prime Minister has some kind of a his own personal agenda do you think that he's influenced by corporations, kind of like how lobbyists have control over a lot of things here in the States? Do you think that he has his own um, agenda that he's trying to get through? Well, that kind of stuff, because I don't know in American politics, it's all, we have donors and all this kind of stuff. It's it's not as obvious within British politics. 
you know, as part of the culture. But what I would say is that everyone as a person has certain philosophies that sort of drive them and what why they do things. Of course. And I, I just don't, you know, and unfortunately, the people who end up at the top of politics, especially in some of the Western countries, aren't, aren't really, I don't think they're doing it to serve other people. There's always an, an egoic uh, component of and that's this. the fucked up thing though yeah. these people are there to serve the people yeah. they're elected by the people yeah. to serve the people but that's not what that that's not what happens i mean the thing is with with um boris johnson that what happened because theresa may stood down the conservative party with the you know, majority party so they then had a, a leadership contest and that was voted from within the conservative party so it's and i suppose that they go well the the, the you know the people the MPs they they work for the people who voted them in, but it can be down to personal preference within the party. Who, who do you think should lead the party? Mm-hmm. That doesn't come down to what some of the people who voted such and such MP into such and such uh, you know area of, of Britain or whatever. When things come down to such a close division, mm-hmm. right? You were talking about fifty-two percent versus forty-eight yeah, percent. Yeah. Was that the figure? Yeah. Um, I mean, how do you think that we move past something yeah. like that? Because, you know, when when there's such a close divide, half of the people are satisfied, half are not. Yeah. So how do you serve the... the it, do you think that there's just too many people? Is it a population yeah. thing? Do you also think that maybe the reason why there's this whole tribalism movement going yeah. on is because everybody, they, they're seeking that satisfaction of having their needs met because yeah. everybody's so much different. So let's say if like England or even America was divided into two entities yeah. each, you know, both observing their, uh, you know, their views and their desires. Like, how do we get there? Or is yeah, that even it's a something, very long... Or like, is that something that, that should even happen? Yeah, well, I mean, certain people are trying to push that kind of thing. I know um, in America now that there's um, the people running for to be the Republican and Democratic um, candidate in the elections and Marianne Williamson who is a spiritualist has come in and she's probably trying to push that kind of thing where they're looking for can we develop a culture more of sharing and, and things like that but it's a really hard thing to um, to change in a short space of time because all these kind of selfish mentalities are really ingrained in in cultures and individuals unfortunately and a lot of people are just passengers for that they don't mean to be like that um you know it's like a case of can we evolve uh, humanity so it, it, it's a tough one and i think that article I, I <laughs> we'd have to look that up like, i think it's article 43 i can't remember what number i said before but where they, they, they have to they they've, they've uh, triggered that so that now we're going to leave the european union but they're, they're still trying to renegotiate parts of it and 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 the European Union just probably thinking, oh, why should you want to leave? You've got, you know... It, I mean, it's hard. It's just... As I say, it's difficult because you, you want to make sure that whoever your your surrounding circle, your family, are, have enough to get by and, and have basic needs. But unfortunately, it's gone way beyond that in some cultures where it's like, it's everybody just trying to... Be, it's like a war. Like we, You know, we're not having a world war in terms of physically blown people up but we're having a war in terms of business in terms of i don't know even sports like this this is our national identity we win everything and like obviously america has been very strong in athletics and always winning all the, the medals but you know you're one of the biggest countries in the world so much on the numbers game and then 
luckily luckily to have a, a population of some really strong sporting genetics and obviously a need to prove e to each other or prove yourself so between you have a strong genetics a big population and this paranoia of we've got to prove to be the best you probably are going to achieve quite a lot but you are you going to be are you going to be happy right at, at what cost and yeah. for what is it yeah. just to be number one or is there you know a, an ultimate goal yeah you know what's the reason by reasoning behind it yeah that's yeah. it i mean it's always something to consider too definitely Cool, man. So, yeah, I know we got a little off topic there, but uh, that tends to happen. We could probably talk about this stuff for days. And we have been talking about quite a bit of it uh, over the course of the last uh, two and a half days. But, uh, you know, it's really nice to meet a kindred spirit and um, somebody that, that cares uh, and uh, a brother in arms, another house music soldier, if you will. Definitely, yeah. I agree with all those sentiments. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah. So yeah, um, you know, I, I know your time is kind of short. I wish it was a little bit longer. Maybe next time, maybe I'll come out and visit your ass. Yeah, out yeah. there one of these days. Definitely, uh, yeah. Anytime. So yeah, we're, we're moving, moving house. When I get back, and you know, it's a bit more room. So yeah, yeah we'll uh, come over and come and visit the Isle of Man and check out some other parts of, of the UK as well. So that that'd be cool. Yeah, Scotland was uh, was pretty wonderful, and I bet the Isle of Man is very beautiful too. It, it is, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, maybe next time uh, we'll talk a little bit more in depth about uh, you know um, what you do for your day job, yeah, sure. your actual career, your official career, yeah, even yeah. though you are uh, you're a record label mogul in my book, <laughs> <laughs> something like that. <laughs> so music we'll get, addict. <laughs> yeah, that too. Um, I know the feeling. So, uh, but yeah, thanks again. I appreciate you uh, being on the show. Uh, safe travels back home and enjoy the rest of your trip in, uh, in America. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me on and it's been great to meet you and uh, great to discuss all these things on, the, on your podcast. Thank you. Definitely, man. Well, take care. I'll see you soon. Uh, see you then. <laughs> experience um, was with the colour. Retreat from.
This is Chris Sterrier and listen to my guest mix on the field sessions with Robert Aliasic.
This is the Field Sessions with Robert Erlasek, Las Vegas.
Las Vegas. This is the Field Sessions with Robert Olasic.
Cristero in the mix on the field sessions.
Feel Sessions is presented by Oratunes, a team dedicated to making your commercial space feel good, with custom background music playlists curated especially for you that complement and enhance your business. Whether it's a restaurant, retail store, or casino floor, Oratunes takes your background music to the next level. Find out more at Oratunes.com. That's A-U-R-A-T-U-N-E-S. The Feel Sessions with Robert Olasic. Feel good, finally. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Remember to visit thefeelsessions.com to download or stream any of these shows and get full access to all the past episodes. Please tell your friends and subscribe in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Say hi on the Feel Sessions Facebook page, Twitter, or Instagram, and let me know how you feel. Until next time, I hope you all found some joy and inspiration. Now pass it on.